Either it's wrong or it's right, Shawnee State. And if it's wrong, you fight. He created a hostile classroom environment, and the school has paid him off to make it all go away. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com who have paid to make it possible. And the way you can pay them back is by sharing this video or giving it the thumbs up or setting that notification bell so that you find out when more are coming down the pike. You may even want to join them, but I don't know if you are man enough. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a situation at Shawnee State University in Ohio uh, where a professor of philosophy named Nick Merriweather uh, referred to a transgender student as sir. This resulted in the student complaining to the administration. The administration disciplined Professor Merriweather uh, and put a, uh, a note, a warning note in his permanent personnel file record and said that there may be further consequences. Well, the professor sued the school and this all started winding up back in about 2018 and just got resolved recently. The district court dismissed the case, but then the U.S. Circuit Court for the Sixth Circuit overturned the district court, reversed their decision, and remanded it to them. Long story short, Stephen Green, Shawnee State University has decided to settle out of court, and they have, uh, Professor Merriweather's attorneys have dropped his suit in exchange for having that warning removed from his personnel file, uh, from having restrictions removed from his ability to use whatever pronouns he wishes to use in the classroom, and by paying him $400,000. Steve, Shawnee State says this is strictly a financial decision because they think that those resources would be better used, you know, fighting for equity and justice in the classroom. What say you? So what you're telling me is the university story is they can better spend that money that they would have spent on the attorneys to fight for equity and justice. But what in fact they just did was totally surrender their so-called equity and justice goals to this professor in his classroom. I didn't say it that way. I'm just an objective <laughs> journalist asking the question. No, I say it that way because I think that's a, a pretty fair uh, summary of, of what happened here. The university caved and everybody knows it. Um, what I find most interesting here is uh, one of the professor's reasons for using the uh, uh, correct honorifics, the correct pronouns for the two various sexes uh, was a religious belief. So we've reached a yes. point in this uh, modern high tech 21st century of ours where it's science to say that there are 57 fluid genders and it is a religious belief to say that your sex is determined by your chromosomes. This is so fast backwards. I, how did we get here? Um, we watched this process uh, uh, happen fairly slowly over the, over the course of the, the political correctification of our, of our country over the last 30 years. But we really hit a moment. I think it was about three years ago. I know it was uh, pre-COVID lockdowns where the all the rage on uh, social media were these staged photos of men with uh, blood on their pants with uh, with some kind of caption about how not only women menstruate. And I went, wow, we've reached some kind of tipping point here. I didn't know what was on the other side of that point. I just knew we'd reached a particular and we were crashing down into something. Um, 
But the thing about a, uh, a fall from that kind of a height is there's going to be a bounce. Are we going to be able to bounce back up and, and recover from this madness? Well, if a university with, uh, with deep pockets would rather pay out $400,000, give the professor everything he wanted, and remove the, uh, the reprimand or the sanction, whatever it is from, uh, from his record, because clearly they were afraid of what might happen in court. Well, maybe we're on the road back to some sanity. I sure hope so. Bill Whittle, it's interesting because after the complaint from the student was made to the administration and they launched the investigation into this incident, um, the professor said that he was more than willing to refer to the student by the student's name, but would not be using any pronouns that he felt were essentially contrary to his religious convictions and his philosophical beliefs. So he basically said he just would use no pronouns. He would just refer to the student by name. Uh, that seemed to me to be a reasonable accommodation. Uh, but apparently it did not seem that way to Shawnee State University's administration. Do you think that um, that Shawnee State has clothed itself with glory and how it fought for <laughs> equity and justice in this case? There's a couple of big things to take away from this. Um, first of all, as Steve pointed out, uh, one thing that the, the proponents of this uh, philosophy don't want is a chance to get into court where at least to some degree, logic and reasons and evidence still prevail. You, you don't want to, you don't, the, the, the reason you settle out of court is because you think it's going to cost you less money than going to court. And and a lot of that is a risk assessment. If, if you think you've got a chance to lose in court, it's often the financial decision to settle out of court. When I've always disagreed with that, I always thought if I was morally correct, you should fight it to the, to the last breath. And, and this is what got us into this trouble in the first place. But they don't want they don't want to take the issue of what is male and female into court because they're going to lose. But more importantly than this, uh, this is just another example and a particularly prominent one of what I've noticed with school board meetings, with uh, anytime they're confronted with things like, you know, the whole grooming thing, anytime they're confronted with teaching critical race theory in the classroom, they always retreat. They never stand their ground. They never say, yes, we believe that that this that all white people are inherently racist and that's what we're going to go to bat for. They they simply well, we're not really teaching that. And they just they just backtrack. They don't believe they don't believe in what they're saying enough to really fight for it. And this should be a lesson to everybody, you know, that when you when you cave into this kind of thing. You just get more of it. And when you stand up to it, it, it goes back into its place. And let me be clear on what I think back into its place goes, what, what that means. I have no problem, personally, calling people by whatever name they want to. And if a person is dressed as a female and all done up as a female and they want me to call her she, then I'm generally speaking willing to do that because it's no skin off of my nose and, and it's none of my business. But when they insist upon me, when they insist upon me agreeing with their inversion of reality, this is where I get off the train. And it sounds very much like this is where the professor got off the train. He was willing to say, I will call you by your name, but I'm not going to go along with something that I know to be fundamentally false just because it hurts your feelings. And and this is, this is reality reasserting itself in the world. 
moving back to America this week is called Slip Sliding Away, where, where I looked at, at all of these places where left-wing philosophy is coming into contact with reality, and they are in full retreat all across the board. So congratulations to this guy. And the lesson should be stick to your guns. And and you don't have to be mean about this, although you've got a right to if you want to. But there there does come a point where you become complicit in the in the overall destruction, not even of the country, just the destruction of language, the destruction of reality, the destruction of the idea of truth, the destruction of any sort of objectivity, the objection of reason. All of this stuff is is under assault. And it's under assault because the left doesn't like it. And the left doesn't like it because it doesn't allow them to live the life of wish fulfillment. That is the hallmark of modern left-wing philosophy. I want to do this. And so there it is. I want to be a girl, so I'm a girl. And you better agree with me or else I'm going to put you into the uh, penalty box. I think Bill gets to the heart of this in the sense that this is a moral question. Um, If this incident had been a professor referring to a student by the N-word in the classroom, would Shawnee State University have paid him off to make it go away? Would they have removed the warning note from his personnel file? Would they have said, "Okay, you can continue to use the N-word in the classroom? Why? Because racism of that nature is clearly wrong. It's you shouldn't treat people that way. (laughs) It is not something that would be acceptable for anybody to do because the person you're referring to by the N-word is an actual black person in this, you know, imaginative incident. But he's not referring to somebody inaccurately. He was referring to someone accurately. And either it's wrong or it's right, Shawnee State. And if it's wrong, you fight. And if it's right, then you don't, then, you know, if it doesn't matter what the professor said, you pay him. If it does, you refuse to pay him and you take it to the Supreme Court. And they have just proved the case. You know, it used to be uh, that we had to rely. John Mulaney does a, a comedy routine about how in the old days when they were investigating a murder, they'd show up at the scene and see the body in a pool of blood and they'd say, well, draw a line around him so we'll know where the body was. <laughs> and there's a pool of blood there, but they and they look at it and they go, ooh, yucky. <laughs> <laughs> because they, because there was no such thing as DNA analysis. But once DNA analysis came along, you could actually solve some crimes because there was science involved in that. And if this case had gone to a higher level of court and if the DNA evidence had been brought to bear on the case, Shawnee State knows where this uh, case would have wound up. And they they, I think, they didn't want it to go to a higher level. I think they wanted to keep it at as low a level as possible. They were happy when the case got dismissed at the district court. They were not happy when it got reversed at the circuit court. And they wanted this to go away, not just because they wanted to save money, which is their statement, but because they have to defend the entire movement of asserting that something is false when it is really true and true when it is really false. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 